bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of a judgment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. I want to remind you, you can watch us live on YouTube and X at 1017thetruth and 1017thetruth.com. Just a couple clicks and you'll see my ugly face. So, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Today is pop-off Friday, so I may as well just get going. I may as well just get moving because, well, yeah. There was a stream of too many stories today in terms of, of things that, that, that we don't hear from other people. And I've got one of those <laughs> interesting stories that when you hear it, you go, oh, but I'm going to leave part of it out. Okay. I'm going to leave part of the story out so that you can tell me where it's from. Okay. So. <sighs> A student brought marijuana edibles to Germantown. Distributed them. 
to other students. So the principal said they sent a letter home saying an eighth grade student brought marijuana edibles to school. Now, for me, it was destined to happen. We're going to bring brownies for everybody. We're going to bring cupcakes for everybody. We're going to bring all this stuff for everybody. So they decided to bring a snack. They were distributed to students. Students ate them. Now, maybe it's me, but who do you know that if given a snack and they're a kid, would not eat it? I'm just saying. Brownie, chocolate chip cookie, candy. Well, the police are working with the superintendent. Regarding consequences once they completed their investigation. And they have completed their investigation. You know what I find interesting about this story? What's the outcome? Why did you write in here they're going to the district attorney's office? If the person's in eighth grade, how old are they? Right? 14, 13, they're old enough to be charged. Why wasn't this person arrested? So here's my question. If this happened in Milwaukee, do you think that person would have been arrested? Who do you think this person even is? 833-212-1017. Where do you think this happened? Don't look it up on the news. Where do you think this happened? Where do you think somebody decided to bring marijuana edibles? To school. Think about that. Where that happened at? 833-212-1017. Don't, don't look it up on the, on the news. Don't look it up on your phone. Don't Google it. Just guess. Just guess. Right? So... This is a rarity for me. I mean, eventually it was going to happen. Some knucklehead kid was going to say, hey, I know it'd be cool to put some edibles and, and, and bring them in and, and serve them to the students. Ha, 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 ha. It would be funny unless somebody is allergic to it or unless someone is. Yeah. And this is what disturbs me about it. The way they described it as marijuana edibles. This long. Yeah. 833-212-1017 is the number. Al, you're on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. I want to take, I'm going to take a leap. Okay. This person must be white. Why do you say that? Is they white? Why do you say that? Because usually, it's, because you know, it's the way they prescribe it. They're not plastered all over the TV and newspaper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do know sometimes when it comes to non-blacks, it's done with more of a caring, nurturing, <laughs> um, 
um, delivery, <laughs> but you know, if they're, if it's black, you know, he's drug dealing and all this and, and the way they try to use the words to soften it. So they're not, uh, tight cast as a mean individual. So I'm going to take a leap and say they got it. They're probably white. Okay. Now I'm going I'm to read this. I'm going to read this and you tell me what you think. The principal at Kennedy Middle School in Germantown sent a letter to families Thursday saying that an eighth grade student brought marijuana edibles to the school. According to the letter, the student distributed the edibles to other students on Thursday. The school said families of students who may have ingested them have been notified. The letter also said this is an ongoing investigation. I am working with the superintendent, Dr. Reuter, to ensure to on issuing Germantown school district consequences once we have completed our investigation. And the Germantown Police Department has completed their investigation. Principal Jessica Guerin said in the letter. Guess what? That's it. Like, that's the story. Like, what happened to the kid? Was the kid charged? Like, don't you think this kid should be charged? Well, I say the kid and the parents should be charged. But I, but with the way it sounded, he got to be. They got to be non-black. Of because course. Because any other, if it was in, if it was any other color, CPS would be involved. He'll be expelled. So yeah, I'm gonna say he's the same color as Casper Ghost. Well, what if, what if it was a black kid at a Germantown school? Well, then I am shocked. So, are you do do you think they'll be covering? For Germantown as a as a town and reputation or are they like why would they issue something like this? Because historically well, it would have been a it, it, it would have been a white kid. Well, I, w- I would say they're probably covering for Germantown because either number one, that child parents must got a lot of money or they're somewhat powerful and they want to protect their image of Germantown, even though they have some very deep secrets that they're trying to keep quiet. Mm. All right. Well, thank you much. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. And there rests my case. We think we can't, right? We read and the articles are even written different. Now, granted, let me also say black journalists do it too. But usually black journalists try to move and show that they're not unfair that they're good, balanced journalists. And white journalists just kind of white, you know, with a cushion to make sure, you know, it's softened. The police have finished that. So what's the outcome of the police investigation? Is the kid getting charged? Are they going to juvenile court? What happened? What happened to the juvenile? Now, somehow, had it been a little black kid, it would have leaked. They would have somehow found a picture. Some parent would have passed something on. And next thing you know, that would have been that. So for that very reason, for that very topic, and I say prove me wrong, 833-212-1017 is the number. I say, if you don't believe me and prove me wrong. Otherwise, it's just going to be a simple pop-off Friday. And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 1017 The Truth. 
You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. At 4.30, we're going to be doing our last 2024 Black History Month female inventor where you can win a prize pack and Concordia Red Elephant chocolate from Lil' Me. So make sure you hang out if you're the first caller and we're just going to go through. If you don't know, we're going to go to the next one until you pick the right Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. Winky Blue, what's going on? Dr. Ken, I got a question to ask you this afternoon. Yes, sir. What's the difference between a kid going to a, a dance at school and pouring a, 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 a fifth of liquor, a pint of liquor, into a punch bowl uh and, and and everybody's dancing and getting drunk and we don't know what's going. It depends on the 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 the, the, uh, the alcohol content mm-hmm. that's in the in the in the pint that he pulled in. So what's the difference? He had a dance mm-hmm. and they sitting around. And they pull in, uh, uh, just say a, a pint of whiskey or whatever, and 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 the people that are kids is drinking and dancing and having a good time, and and one of the kids might actually be driving. Might have actually drove to the to the dance, uh, sixteen years old or whatever, and they get in his car and he drive and have an accident, or maybe don't even have an accident. Let's don't even put no ill in it. I just want to know what's the difference between that kid that put that that spiked that drink, or the kid that bought them doggone gummies or whatever it was. So first of all, kids don't go to dances at schools and spike the punch because they don't have punch. Like there's there you you have nothing open, so you you can't bring that man and you can't and and there's there's no thing there. You said at a school. Ken. You said at a school. Part of, that's all a part of spiking the punch. You got to sneak it in. You're missing the point. They no, don't they, have any. They don't no, have any. No, punch. no, no. I think you. They don't have any punch. Okay, okay. They don't. They don't do punch okay. anymore. But okay. Well, but, we'll say but, when they did do punch. But when you compare the two. There's really no difference. The issue is he brought them to school and he brought them and didn't tell people. I mean, usually you go to a party, most kids are smart enough to smell liquor and know that somebody spiked it, right? You have no idea when somebody no, brings snacks really to school. Yeah, yeah, you do. A, a yeah, tropical do. punch will cover that up. Okay. I don't really care. I, never I mean, but it's the same way. I mean, I'm, I'm against anybody that's spiking anything because. You know, somebody give you a, uh, uh, put a shroom on your pizza that's a psychedelic, that's a, a lucigen shroom, and you eat the pizza and you start tripping. Or somebody give you some weed, that's some K2 or something, you they not roll your joint up full of Katie, and you smoking it, and then all of a sudden you go, you ain't got to take you to the county. So I'm, I'm against anybody spiking anything, but I wanted to ask that question because there's really no difference. There isn't. There isn't. And so you would there's get in no trouble. Difference. This this kid should be sitting at the detention center, wherever it is in Washington County, waiting for his day in court. So do you think that would be the same if he put liquor in a, in a, in a punch bowl? Oh, no, no. Liquor is too accepting around here. 
He would have got less well, with liquor. Well, they they would have accepted it as well. Well, not really. Not really. They won't pass it. It's still an illegal drug. I understand that, but underage drinking is just as damnable as a kid that a kid that get a hold really? to a bag. Dude, of, you should talk to some of my students. A kid get a hold you should of talk them. to some of my huh? students. Ask some of my students. I asked the youngest that I heard that somebody was drinking was ten years old with their parent. Well, I believe that because okay. they drank all the time. As a matter of fact, it's not even illegal to bring a kid into the bar. Correct. Black folk just don't do it. Uh, right. White folk do it tonight. There is a fish fry somewhere, mm-hmm. and the family will be out drinking. <laughs> hey, the kids in the bar, get in the and car, intoxicated, and then drive home. With all the kids out there yep. having a nice uh, yep. car dinner or, yep. or, or haddock. Right. Okay, later, man. <laughs> And when and when they crash, it'll it'll be an unfortunate thing. When we crash, whoo! See, that's how they are. Yeah, can can you tell I'm getting a little fed up with the two facedness and the talking out of the side of your neck and all that all those other euphemisms we use when people talk trash, you know? Want well, to remind you the award winning one hundred one seven The Truth is home. Wait a minute. Okay. We're the home of Milwaukee Panthers basketball this Friday, like tonight, like today. The Panthers are at home as they host the Youngstown State Penguins. Coverage begins at 630 with a 7 o'clock tip-off. The Truth Street team will be in full effect on Friday night, handing out swag. True Street team is sponsored by UW Credit Union. They're here for every you. So is there a Bucks game tonight at home? It's not at home. It's away. Okay, I can go out and eat tonight. Because otherwise, I'm not going downtown. It was going to be a zoo. 833-212-1017 is the number. I came across this story on JS Online because right now it's Pop off Friday, so I'm going to just complain about everything as if I don't do that every day anyway. Um, So a journalist sued the University of Wisconsin-Madison and its fundraising arm after the university denied his request for an athletic department consulting agreement that could shed more light on the name, image, and likeness era of college athletics. The lawsuit could be potentially an answer to a larger question about whether public university foundations are subject to Wisconsin's public records law. Of course, Daniel Libet told the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, there's no good reason why UW-Madison should be using its foundation to effectively offshore public records. A spokesperson for UW and the UW Foundation said they hadn't received the complaint and wouldn't comment on pending litigation. So, he writes for Sportico, filed a lawsuit this past Wednesday after, the, after UW-Madison rejected his open records, his, his records request last fall. He asked for a copy of the contract UW-Madison had with Altius Sports Partners, a firm other large universities hire to support student-athletes who can now profit from endorsement deals they strike. UW-Madison told Libet it has no records because the UW Foundation had the contract, The foundation also didn't provide the contract saying it's a private entity exempt from Wisconsin public records law. 
And under my understanding, it is. It's not a public foundation. It's a private foundation. Just because it has University of Wisconsin name on it, the name of it is actually UW Foundation. That could mean Underwater Foundation. That could mean Up Willie. Right? It could mean anything. So they're talking about and Libet says its sole purpose in doing so is attempting to hide the contract from the public. My the contract is none of your business. It's a private entity with a private contract. It is not a public entity. So you cannot see the contract. It's a contract. It's private. There's nothing you can do. And what business is it? Because now you can start trolling around a private company and figuring out how much money athletes are actually making. Which is actually, as a journalist, none of your business. Libet has a track record of prying athletic-related records from public universities. Of the seven lawsuits he's filed, he's either won in court or received a favorable settlement in all of them. Other universities have released copies of their Atlas contracts to Libet, including University of Iowa, University of Oklahoma, and Rutgers. And that is because they didn't put it through the foundation. So if a, if a student decides to work with a foundation to get help and they have a contract, it's none of your business. Because the university is not, they're separate entities, completely and totally separate. What are your thoughts? 833-212-1017. They are completely separate. They have no right to see it. And if you breach that contract, if you breach the fact that it's a foundation that's not attached to the university, it can't be. That's why it's incorporated. And it's not an entity underneath it or an arm or a, or, a, or a department. Well, the other folks didn't do it because the university actually did it. So they had access to the, to the, the records through public records law. So personally, I say that's a good move. And it's not about public transparency because... The foundation is private. Brian, you're on the award-winning 101.7 The Truth. Um, hello. <clears throat> I just wanted to get back to what you were talking about earlier, the Germantown School. Okay. And uh, um, I've got a question for you. Um, I think the kid should be convicted. I think he brought an illegal substance right. into a school. Okay. He put uh, several children at harm. Now, let's say one of those kids died. Yeah, okay? but they didn't. Let's so say, we can uh, only work with what we have. We can't so now hit them over the head. Charge them, my, my question is, mm -hmm. when they're charged, okay. do we let them out on bail? So now he killed a kid. Do we give okay. him a no-signature bond bail? We can only work and with... And let him right back out? We can only work with that's this. that's what we're doing right now. You're not listening, Brian. We can only work with the circumstances that we have. Nobody died. From the sound of it, nobody got sick. They found out about it because he probably said something to somebody, and they told their parent, and it went on from there. So That could be, but my question is, 
do you believe there should be no bail on people that create havoc and death in people's lives, or should they be held on bail until the court date, until it can be run through the system? Depends on That's the consequences. Depends on the consequence. De- depends on what exactly the circumstances that occurred. It's not a hard, fast rule that everybody where somebody dies, you automatically get denied bail because the Eighth Amendment, if I, if I remember correctly, one of those amendments gives us the right to have a reasonable bail. So you can't do that. It doesn't matter if it's okay, homicide I'm all the way down to that question. I'm saying well, I'm on answering an aggravated the question. assault charge. No, that's not um, what you said. Should, you said if somebody no, dies. What I'm asking, what I'm asking is now we're going off of this subject, but we're bringing the whole bail question. I think you know where I'm going with this. I don't. And in the city of Milwaukee, and I live in Milwaukee. Okay. You have people that are charged with murder that are out the next day. If you How can do you post by that. If you can, well, I, first of all, I'm not justifying it, so I don't understand how you're how you're stating that to me. But uh, because I think you're assuming that I would support that. But if you make bail, oh, no, I'm and asking, you, do you support no bail? That's my question. No, I don't support I'm no asking. bail. I don't support no bail because everybody has a right to a reasonable bail. It's constitutional. We should just change the constitution because somebody decides they don't like the person. Or some black guy went to Waukesha and ran over white people, or some or what, some like, white guy uh, did. I mean, we're not even talking. We're not even talking about a color issue. Well, I'm talking about talking a color about issue. About the severity That's what I'm of the about. crime. Well, we always the say that, but I find it. Crime. I find it interesting that it's always the black guy that has to be the brunt end of the severity of crime, and the white people always get off. Well, I find it funny that you again you, you brought race into this conversation. I did not. What I'm is your point? I know I did. I already you, told you I did. What is your point? No, well, what's happening in Milwaukee are people that are, are charged Black people with are not the only crimes. people in Milwaukee can, committing crimes. White people commit crimes too. Hispanic, Asian. Oh, why are you keying on? Um, why are no, you hiding behind your code word of Milwaukee? Is, Answer my question, Brian. White Hispanic. Answer my question, Brian. Why is it that okay, you hide? Right? Are you going to listen? Why is it um, that yes, when you mention Milwaukee, why is that code word for black people? No, you're making it a code word for black people. I'm not making it a code word for black people. You mentioned race. I said, Mark, I don't care if you're then, a white guy. You get uh, charged with murder in Milwaukee. You should not be let out on a signature bond. I don't care if you're a Korean. I don't care if you're Chinese. But that's what's happening right now. And. That's what everybody? we should be talking about. I, I don't live think everybody's getting out. I don't think everybody's getting out. I think one, maybe two people got out on a signature bond, and I don't think that's happened. I think since. it happens more than you're letting on. Well, why don't you look and it up then? Why I'm don't saying. you? Okay. What do you mean letting on? Like I'm in charge of it or something? What is that? No. Well, well you're willing to uh, 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 say that there's actually a problem with habitual offenders. In the Milwaukee County Court System. See, now you added another layer. Signature time out. Then they create havoc. You keep adding a layer they, every time I argue with you. First it was just that. Then it turned into murder. Then it turned into habitual criminals. Like, which one is it? Okay. Any, any criminal that is charged with a violent felony. Explain what a violent felony is. Without bail. Do we agree on that? Or? I do not agree because it depends on the circumstances. Not just everybody who commits a violent 
if we get into an altercation and I defend myself and you get hurt, should I be arrested? I just committed a violent felony. Well, you wouldn't be charged with murder. You can't. Or you would okay, not I didn't be say murder. Stop doing that. With, Stop jumping to the extreme. Aggravated, no, you're what you're con, you're con, you're it's, conflating. I'm not conflating anything. You said violent felony. To put a blanket on. You said uh, violent felony. Did you not? Co- uh, uh, correct. It's not if just you were homicide. With uh, uh, defending yourself, you would be charged under a different statute on the law. Which is what? We're not talking about that. What's the statute? We're talking about there's clearly a victim. There's clearly uh, a violent felony. Is a violent felony. Violence. And all, what I'm saying is, there's are you going to define it for me? Fail. Define what? Violent felon. What's a violent felony? Uh, Give me an example of a violent felony that doesn't include homicide. Uh, well, again, I can't tell you. Well, right. Um, so why exactly are rape. you arguing this point and you don't even know what you're we, talking about? Um, actually, um, we could use rape as an example. And again, I'm not trying. I'm not pretending I'm a doctor. I'm a chef by uh, trade. Okay. I'm a concerned citizen of Milwaukee. And um, I constantly see people that were arrested for violent uh, offenses and they're released the next day. Such as? That's the conversation I wanted to have. I didn't want to have a huge confrontation. I listen to you guys. I really uh, appreciate the show. But if I'm trying to get clarity, uh, how is it confrontation? Say that again. If I'm trying to get clarity, how is it confrontation? Um, Because it seems just really argumentative. Ah, Okay, good. All right, thank you much. You have a nice day, sir. I'm still trying to figure out what's a violent felony. I'm still trying to figure out when you mentioned certain crimes, you mentioned the city of Milwaukee, but then you, yeah, I like, I can't deal with buzzwords. I need, like, tell me. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. If you think black people are committing crimes and black people should be raised or whatever, 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 just say so. It's not a big deal. When you try to hide behind what it is you're saying, if you try to say, be you. Be you. Be you. There's a lot of crime in the city and a lot of crime is perpetrated by black people on other black people. Just like in a suburb, white people perpetrate it against white people. That's just that's just that's just life that people commit crime there close to home. It's rare that a burglar will drive up here from the Chicago area or Illinois to break into a car dealership and steal cars. Most people commit burglaries close to home. Right. So. So when you say people are getting off, what do you mean by that? When you say they're getting out and there is cash by everybody. No. It stopped perpetrating something without having information, data, something, numbers that show what you're actually saying is true. Now, if we should happen to go to the DA's office and find out that people are actually getting off, I can see the argument. I'm against that. But when you say it and you have no idea, you just think it because you, you hear anecdotal information. You hear it on the news. Therefore, you multiply it 10,000 times. Well, for me... That's a bit much. 
More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Do you know your black history? We are about to find out with the Black Inventors Challenge on Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. Call now at 833-212-1017 for your chance to play and win a Black History Month prize pack. The Black Inventors Challenge on the award-winning 1017 The Truth is sponsored by Tayback Law, Educators Credit Union, Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, and American Family Insurance. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. The 2024 Black History Female Inventors Challenge. Be caller number one, 833-212-1017. I can ask you the question, give you four choices, and if you are right, you win a prize pack from the truth and a pack of Concordia Elephant chocolate. I think it's a nine-piece Valentine's Day chocolate because it's still February. So, you know, I'm just saying that's what you want to do. That's what you can do. 833-212-1017 is the number. So on February 2nd, we talked about a female inventor who wanted to develop a way to heat an entire home more efficiently than wood-burning stove. Can you imagine living in 18-something with a wood-burning stove? Like, Can you imagine that? I can't imagine. Like the smoke and all that, and you got to have the little stack built into the ceiling, and if it don't work, you can... Her 1919 patent became a precursor for the central HVAC, or heating, ventilation, air conditioning systems we use today. Her name was Alice H. Parker, so you should check her out. Also, on the 9th, we talked about the woman who became the second black woman to receive a U.S. patent for her invention of the fold-out bed. Uh, And I always tease that she probably saved her marriage because <laughs> hey, get out of here. You're snoring too loud. Get out of here. So if you're the caller, 833-212-1017, you get to answer the question. We're not going to say the question first. You got to call. Come on, take your chances. Because then if we ask you the question, then all you got to do is use Google, look it up, get the answer, and then that would be, that would be. What? What? You got you got that look. She, she got that look. And then you'd be, Right. Be like DJ last week. Nailed it. Lida D. Newman was the woman who revolutionized black hair care with the synthetic bristle brush. And DJ was the winner. Lida D. Newman. Can you imagine how many women goes happy? I mean, can a a regular brush work on... Should I say that out loud? Can it really work on black hair? I don't think so. Like, you, you actually have to have a synthetic brush. Otherwise, it's... Although, I do remember when y'all was growing up. The, the, what did they call it? <laughs> I'm not going to say it on air, because... Yeah. I think that would be disrespectful to say on air, wouldn't you? I don't think they know about that, do they? people know about that i'm just asking I, I can't hear you so i don't really know what that okay. you want me to ask the question so people can cheat and look it up 
You really? You, you, you really want me to? I think you cheat? should ask the question. I think that, might, yeah. Right. Give, give him a hint. All right. The woman started her career at Bell Telephone, helped invent developments like touchtone phone, call waiting, but she invented something else that has to do with communication systems. That's the question. Who was it? Shirley Jackson, Terry Jackson, Eunice Jackson, or Victoria Jackson? Now, the fastest person that can Google, <laughs> that can Google, is going to call. And then they're going to win. 833-212-1017 is the number. First person to call. The first person to call. 833-212-1017. To tell me, out of four women, Shirley Jackson, Terry Jackson, Eunice Jackson, or Victoria Jackson, this woman started her career at Bell Telephone. They don't even call it Bell Telephone. It's AT&T now. Helping to invent developments like the touchtone phone dialing, call waiting. But most impressively, she invented, you ready? Fiber optic cables. She literally created something that people use all over the world. Is it Shirley Jackson, Terry Jackson, Eunice Jackson, or Victoria Jackson? First caller at 833-212-1017 wins a truth prize pack. And they also win a pack of nine-piece Valentine's Day Concordia Red Elephant chocolate. Don't touch that dial. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Truth Nation, Dr. Ken Harris here, and I'm excited about the Truth Partnership with Versity. There is a serious need for blood donations in the black community, and Versity wants to bring awareness to this because it's their mission to improve patient outcomes, advance the field of personalized medicine, and strengthen the health of communities everywhere. This is why you should tune in every month when a representative from Versity joins the truth to share about what they're doing to make a difference in our community. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Hey, caller number Hello? one. What is your first name and what is your answer? My name is Sherita McKnight and it's Shirley Jackson. You are correct. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. Well, hang on. So, Shirley Jackson invented fiber optic cables and an assembly that links communication systems all over the world. Can you I wonder if she got rid. Well, see, here's a problem. If she worked at Bell Labs, she probably didn't get paid for it. She got her salary in Bell Labs made billions of dollars. I don't know. I wonder what her net worth was. See, I'm, I'm going to have to look it up now. I'm going to have to look it up now. I'm just saying. So, interesting. 
833-212-1017 is the number. Uh, congratulations to Sharita. Uh, she's the winner of our final 2024 Black History Female Inventors Challenge. The woman who started her career at Bell Telephone helped to invent developments like touch tone dialing and call waiting and most impressively invented fiber optic cables and assembly that links communication systems all over the world. Her name is Shirley Jackson. So we've got a winner. So thank you all for calling and holding uh, somebody will check with you just, you know, just in case you have something else to say about it. Cool. All right. Interesting. So we're going to, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, I, I have a, I'm, I, I may just wait until the top five at five um, before we do that. Somebody said Germantown, white kid. Uh, Dr. Ken, did you see the story? This is from LT about the man in Whitefish Bay who threatened to kill a woman, pointed a gun to police multiple times, punched the cop in the face, and his bail was only $10,000. Well, of course. Of course. He's probably at home, too. Probably at home chilling. That's what I'm saying, right? No matter what we do, we get a million-dollar bail. He else gets a uh, $10,000 bail when you punch the cops in the face.